Hello? Hey, Katiekins. It's Rosalie. Want to have a slumber party? How much? 10 grand. And you come straight back here, all right? Yeah, no worries. Hey, Slumberkins. I'm Rosalie Kicks. And I'm Katie McBrown. And we are best friends forever. Each episode, Katie Kins and I roll out our sleeping bags and pick out a flick featuring one of our favorite heartthrobs, and we gab about it. Welcome to the slumber party. For those joining us for the first time, we hope you brought your snacks. And just this is how the show works. Uh, Katie Kins and I, we visit an imaginary video store and we select a movie that features the heartthrob of the month. And then we get out our sleeping bags and we chat about it to determine whether the movie is worthy enough to be placed on our coveted slumber party watch shelf. So before we dive in and start discussing the movie, Katie Kins, I thought it would be fun to kick things off by sharing one of our favorite things in the whole wide world right now. And you can go first. Okay, so I thought about this because you literally texted to me like you texted me last night, like get ready to like discuss something of your favorite. And I'm like, uh, like I have a lot of favorite things, but really the front runner right now. And you're going to be, you're going to make fun of me, but I don't care. It's TikTok. So I don't know if you're familiar with TikTok. I do send you videos occasionally to you and Ben. And I just find it like super enjoyable. You usually will see like Brian will be like, oh my God, you're watching TikTok videos like before bed, like, like turn it off. But I can't help it because there's like cute raccoon videos and I absolutely love raccoons. But then there's like also like just like mini skits that like last like a minute that have me like tearing up laughing. So I don't know. It just like brings me a lot of joy. And I like to share that joy by sending you some of them sometimes. Yeah. One, I don't really know how TikTok works. I am not on it, but I do. I'm familiar with the videos you send. And Two, I'm never going to make fun of you for your particular <laughs> interests. I, you know, however, sometimes will question them, but that's more because I'm just trying to understand like TikTok. I don't like, I don't know how people make them. I don't know how people make them either because there's like flawless transitions. Like who, yes. like these kids that are like editing, they're going to put people out of jobs eventually because they're so good at it. So I just find that to be fascinating too, because I wouldn't even know where to begin to make one yeah neither would I and sometimes I do have like old Helen like tendencies so I'm more afraid that you're gonna make fun of me <laughs> well first of all I would not make fun of you because you know that I am also a Helen and I guess what what we should describe to some of our slumber kids is that Helen is a word that we have just used now for years to describe what an old lady is like so we're probably gonna reference that a lot we might need like a glossary of terms but yes. for now Helen equals old lady so there'll be some like other weird like words that our strange brains have created but today you've been introduced to what a Helen is yeah and just to give a little bit more backstory about Helen like we first came in contact with the term after I believe Katie you had sent me a news article about this lady in Florida that like got arrested because she was like attempting to shoot her neighbor because he wouldn't give her a kiss. Yes. I'll never and forget the, the mug shot. <laughs> the mug shot was what drew me in. And then like, you know how like there's always like the most crazy stories coming out of Florida. 
Like you you could literally like Google your name and your birth date and like the craziest thing comes up. But Helen has stuck with me forever. And I immediately knew that I had to send this to you. Like this had to have been at least like 10, 15 years ago. Like when this article came out, like it was a long time ago. And I sent it to you and we laughed and laughed and laughed about it. I'll never forget it. It's the best story ever. And now like we aspire to be Helen's. Basically, like we already have decided that we're we're gonna when once we retire, we're gonna be two Helens that just kind of cause chaos everywhere yes. we go and have a pet alligator. Well, definitely on a leash. Yeah, <laughs> our goal is to definitely be Helens, and we will be. Yeah. But anyway, I've talked enough about my TikTok stuff, and then on to Helens. But I need to know what your favorite thing of the moment is right now. Yeah, so my favorite thing right now is magic, as in stage magic, not the game, the gathering. (laughs) I don't play that. But I just purchased a book from eBay entitled Mark Wilson's Complete Course in Magic, and my hope is by the end of the year, I will be able to perform a stage show that showcases all of my mystifying learnings in the world of illusion. Now, right now, I am on the hunt for a wand. As you know, I've been actually searching the internet wide and far looking for the most perfect wand. I do still need a stage name, and I'm open to suggestions. So if any of our slumberkins out there have an idea, please feel free to tweet us at DearBFFPod. In case any of our slumberkins missed it, we did our first poll on our Twitter page last week. And it was basically to decide whether or not Christopher Walken is a heartthrob. Rosalie and I were completely in disagreement on this. I do not find Christopher Walken to be a heartthrob, but Rosalie has like this little space in her heart for him, which fine. I'm going to, there's going to be hotties that I like that you don't like. But according to our poll, Christopher Walken is not a heartthrob. I definitely disagree with this verdict. (laughs) I think the voting was rigged. You know, you were sending it out to all of Brian's friends and minions to complete. There were only three extra votes from Brian's friends. So I will say there weren't that many that came in. I mean, everyone has freedom of speech. It was just shared. Right. And the only thing I will say to, you know, end this battle is that not just looks make you a heartthrob. Like sometimes your wacky personality, or if you have flair, that could make you a heartthrob as well. I totally agree. Like, because for me, looks aren't everything. I mean, obviously, as like a teenage girl, that was pretty much everything. But now that I'm closer to my 40s than anything, I I realize that looks do not last forever. And um, there is more to being a heartthrob than your looks but Christopher Walken as much as he makes me like giggle and laugh and I enjoy him he's just not a heartthrob to me I apologize for for disagreeing (laughs) I feel somewhere down the road you know this could change you could come to see the light and understand that's true I mean there there is there is a time in my life that maybe you are going to be like look look at this thing that Christopher Walken did and that'll be the the snap in my life where I'm like oh my god heartthrob right. but for now but for now 
he sits in the no pile. Word. You don't tell me where you're going. You tell me to stuff my lunch. Talk, talk, talk. Girl talk, talking back. Girl talk dateline. The game about the two things girls like best. Talking on the phone and... I'd love to go. Bye. <laughs> well, I think it's now time that we get to our girl talk segment of the show. And this is when we discuss the flick featuring this month's heartthrob. And in March, the heartthrob is Heath Ledger. Remember, Slumberkins, for the film to end up on our Slumber Party watch shelf, it needs to earn at least five gold stars. And so as we're chatting, if you hear a little twinkle sound, that signifies that the film earned a star. So Katie Kins, why don't you share some of the criteria for how a film can earn a star? I would love to. So a movie can earn a star if it features such things as a mall, Babe Alert, Radical fashions, a bodacious soundtrack, a bad boy, nudies, a rebel girl, pizza delivery, and a first kiss. So we're always adding to this list too. Like we've already added some since last episode, which is really exciting. And we're always open to suggestions. So our email address, or I'm sorry, not our email address. I'm like, yeah, send us an email because we're 100. Um, send us send us a note on Twitter at Dear BFF Pod if you have any ideas, and we will take it into consideration and possibly add it to our star criteria. So for tonight's sleepover, in honor of March's heartthrob Heath Ledger, we selected a movie from 1999 entitled Two Hands, and it was written and directed by Gregor Jordan, and it stars Brian Brown. Rose Byrne, and of course, heartthrob Heath Ledger as Jimmy. So Katie Kins, let's talk about why you feel we would have rented this movie from the video store, because I know neither of us have seen it before. So what was it? Was it the poster that drew you in? So besides Dreamy Heath being on the cover next to Rose Byrne, I really was drawn into the explosion I love fire. I don't know if you know this about me, but I do. I love, like, <laughs> I don't. I think it's so mesmerizing. But anyway, it led me to believe that this would be some kind of, like, 60 seconds type flick with a little romantic side. And I, that's, like, literally what I was going for. I thought it was just going to have, like, my heart racing the entire time. Yeah, I completely agree with that assessment. Because when I saw this cover, I thought it had so much potential Like you said, Ledger and Byrne are like embraced in such a way that you're like, oh, they're totally going to be naughty. And then there's this muscle car like emerging from this ball of fire, which I did learn in doing a little research that apparently that is the director's car. It's like a muscle car and it was his baby. So like he was freaking out using this car during the film. Uh, But yeah, the film also says right on the box that it's gritty. So I would have totally taken this to the counter to rent. Oh, this definitely would have been coming home with me too. Like it's just, it looked exciting and there was a Hawkeye on the cover. So yeah, on the counter. And fire. And fire. Okay, Slumberkins. I'm going to share the actual back of the VHS box summary. And I'm going to do my best on each episode to try to track down the actual VHS box. And in this case, I was able to. So here's what it said. It seems simple. Just deliver the cash. But when Jimmy loses 10 grand of dirty money, the underworld comes knocking. 
If there's no cash, there's no more Jimmy. Suddenly, it comes down to one hour, one girl, one crazy idea, and 10,000 reasons to risk it all. There's also, of course, a bunch of quotes from critics on the back. It said that it was clever, hip, razor sharp. Rolling Stone said that. GQ gave it four stars, saying it was astonishingly stylish and lethally fun. And lastly, a Triple J, who I'm just referring to as Triple H, the wrestler, because (laughs) I have no idea what Triple J is. And I feel like Triple H would have rented this movie. 100%. Yeah. But Triple H said it was a fast, fun, sexy ride. So, Katie, what did you think of this movie? I am disagreeing with Triple H. There was nothing fast. There was nothing fun. And there was rarely anything sexy in this movie. So this movie did nothing for me. Um, I think I liked like one scene, which we'll get into in a little bit. And I feel like I just maybe couldn't follow it because the story was all over the place. But I did enjoy the Australian accents. I'm a sucker for an accent. Yeah, and I should say, Slumberkins, fair warning. Like, we are trying to focus on the good in this movie. But as Katie said, like, there is not much that was good about it. And Katie Kins, before we start, like, ripping it apart, (laughs) let's talk about something, though, that I think we both agreed was awesome. And that was the opening credits. Because the title card sequence, I felt was something to behold. Like the credits were like literally flying in. There was sound effects. I think it was like whoosh. (laughs) Like every time the title was hitting the screen. And it was like anything I've ever seen in a film opening. So I need to know, like, what did you think of that? The opening credits really led me to believe that we're like, led me to believe that we're in for a wild ride. It just, like, seemed like, okay, this is going to be fast-paced. There's going to be action. I mean, the car on the cover kind of alluded to that. And then while we were watching it, I kept thinking, like, those credits kind of look familiar, like some sort of car font. And I tried to Google it, but I I literally Googled maybe three cars, three kind of cars before I gave up. So, like, I'm thinking maybe it's, like, a Mustang or, like, a Corvette. But I could also just be making this all up because I'm not a car girl. But the opening credits were like, yep, something cool is about to happen. Buckle up. Yeah, it definitely led me to believe as well, like we were going to be watching just this wildness (laughs) on the screen. And I agree, it did seem like it was a car font. And I too know really nothing about cars, but it just looked to be that style. I guess, you know, we can jump more into this and I can supposedly call it a story. Uh, But this film (laughs) was made in Australia and a lot of the cast, including Ledger, Byrne and Brown, as well as the writer director, they're all Australian. So as Katie said, everyone has an accent, which is a lot of fun. Uh, But the first thing that we see on screen, though, is our narrator who apparently is a zombie. And there are many tragedies in this film, but one of the biggest is that the zombie narrator exists. Like every time he came on screen, my eyes were rolling. (laughs) Like, and I still don't know, like, was it supposed to be Heath? Like, I don't understand. So I think I texted you when we were watching this at the same time and I could not see past the zombie 
I just because like it was like totally distracting but he also reminded me so much of the Jim Morrison character from Wayne's World 2 so then I couldn't stop thinking about like Wayne's World 2 and how I wanted to rewatch it but I do believe I think we I do we do find out who the zombie is it's just that he looked so much like Heath like with the curly hair and everything we were just so confused like what does this have to do with it I don't recall seeing that this was like a horror movie but he was always just like lurking like in the film like in any like he was narrating but he was also like he would just like appear at times and I'd be like oh I forgot about that guy and then he would come back I just I I don't really know what to make of it he definitely seemed to be getting like as the film went on like more decrepit yes his skin was was feeling weirdly like in areas yeah and that was I found that to be rather distracting because you're just like wait why is he like deteriorating it just made no sense. There's probably some but, kind of symbolism there that we just didn't care about. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie, though. Like, when it when the zombie, like, first appeared in the beginning, I was like, oh, maybe this will, like, go away. Because at least that is what I was hoping. I thought maybe, like, oh, the director had this idea to, like, put the zombie in the storyline. And then eventually... Like, someone would just be like, okay, enough of that. Because that made me think of when we were making Pizza Man, how I would try to sneak in, like, little things into our film. And in case people don't know, I'm sure at some point we'll talk more about the short film Katie and I made. But I would try to sneak things into the movie while we were making them. And Katie would just immediately be like, no. We're not doing that. It's crazy. <laughs> you were just constantly trying to frame in a sort of knickknack that you enjoyed or like just like a little something something. And I had to literally wrangle you. I just didn't realize how wild you were until that day, maybe. Like, I think I knew that you were wild, but like you are seriously wild. <laughs> if I was making, and this is why like I should never make a film by myself because... If I was making a film alone, every character would have a cane. (laughs) (laughs) Because I just think canes are so cool. And, like, you can use them to, like, reach things or, like, hit people. This is why I should not make a film by myself. (laughs) Maybe you do need, like, a director supervisor on set with you. I think that would like not maybe like you could be the full director but like you might need a supervisor and if that ever happens and you don't want me to co-direct with you I will be your um supervisor I'll give okay, you a check good like I said you know Katie Kins and I are also filmmakers and we did make this slasher short pizza man which I know probably some of our listeners they actually helped support it and donated to our film and hopefully later this year you'll get to see it But anyways, back to zombie narrator. I feel like, again, you know, he just like shows up so randomly and then it kind of just takes you out of the movie. Like it was just a very poor choice. Yeah, I I was happy when he wasn't in the scene. (laughs) I'll say that. (laughs) One of the good things, though, is that at least in the first couple of minutes of the movie, like you do see a shirtless Heath. So, like, you kind of, for a moment, you forget about the zombie. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, the second the zombie left the screen, I feel like I always forgot about him. And, of course, if Heath is on screen, I have a huge focus on one person and one person only. 
Yeah, and if you're into this sort of thing, in this movie in particular, he is so sweaty. Every scene, he is, like, dripping. And at one point, Katie Kins texted me. She felt like if you had to kiss him, it would be like kissing a margarita or drinking a margarita because he's just so sweaty. It would literally just be, like, pure salt. I feel like from the first glimpse of him, he was an oil slick. And then, like, he just was, like, completely an oil slick for the rest of the the movie. And it just made me want to, like, hydrate. And also get, like, a portable fan because I felt, like, uneasy for how sweaty he was. His character is very strange. Like, so he apparently works at, like, a boob bar. (laughs) And, like, his uniform is so bizarre. Like, it is definitely not radical fashions. No. He's wearing a fanny pack with, like, a dress shirt and a tie and, like, old man, like, teddy slacks. And like you said, his hair is just like so greased and like there was nothing really alluring about this look or attractive. And I remember you even texting too, like you were like, what is that tie? (laughs) Like it was the ugliest tie. It kind of reminded me of what like they would wear in Book of Mormon minus the fanny pack. And that is a musical reference that you might not get because I know you don't really care about musicals. Yeah, but I'll be I don't know sometimes. Book of Mormon. Oh, it's funny. You should, uh, you should watch it. Or I don't know if it's like, I mean, I don't know if you could go see it. You can't, you obviously can't go see it right now. But if it's like on somewhere, I think you would enjoy it. I'm going to get you so, into musicals one day. We'll see. <laughs> there is very few that I enjoy. You know, most of them I find to be painful. (laughs) Like I have commented to you every time there is a Riverdale musical episode. I'm like, who did this? (laughs) Like who thought that this was a good idea? Well, you know that that means there's going to be another one this season, though, because they seem to do a musical every season. So just brace yourself. Which will be even more ridiculous because now they're like 30. Yeah, they're not in high school anymore. So it really wouldn't make sense. But. I kind of hope that they just they just get one in there for you. I will say, though, the yeah. Riverdale musical episodes were not not my fave. Like, not my fave. Yeah, but, yeah, you got into that one, though, and I will not forgive you. <laughs> Which one was it? Oh, Hedwig. Yes, that one was not bad. I didn't mind that one. <laughs> Anyways, this terrible movie two hands you know katie mentioned earlier like the story is all over the place like while we were watching it this would have been a flick that we both felt at a slumber party would have been fast forwarded because it took like 20 minutes for it to even remotely go anywhere and the music was all over the place i i The only thing I could conclude is that it just really did not know what it wanted to be. Yeah. So the movie, I kind of feel like I just kept waiting for the movie to start because the very beginning was like a lot of pointless conversation. I can't like, I think that was a part where you were like, they were talking about laundry. Like there was just no, nothing was happening. It was like this really long drawn out beginning. And I just wanted it to like get into the grit. Like I really wanted that like grittiness to start as soon as the movie started. Um, I think I was telling you like, because on the cover, I think it said it likened itself to like Pulp Fiction 
and like reservoir yes. dogs. So I was like, oh, cool, an Australian reservoir dogs. And to be honest, I would have settled for like an Australian Conair. I didn't get either. Yeah, I agree with that. It definitely misrepresented itself. And then you also have Jimmy, who Heath Ledger plays. The main problem with this character is he's a complete moron. Where where the trouble really starts is when he does not deliver this $10,000. And it really honestly was like a simple task. Like he had to take this ten grand to this elderly woman. At least we thought she was elderly because like she looked absolutely like close to the grave. Uh, <laughs> but then we learn later in the movie that she was like 38 years old. And I was like, no. <laughs> She was definitely like like knocking on like hell's door. She was coughing up a lung from smoking 90 packs a day. Like she was literally like choking on what I think was cigarette smoke <laughs> in the scene. But this woman yes. was weathered, like leather purse complexion. So all <laughs> I could think about was that she was laying out in the Australian sun for like her full 38 years of living with nothing but Australian gold eight which I'm not sure if you know, is a sunscreen with barely really? eight. It's like barely eight SPF. It's mostly like one of those oils. It smells really, really good. And I, for some reason, bought it because, you know, this Irish girl was like, you know what? I'm going to try oil. No, did not work for me. Don't ever buy it if you care about your skin. <laughs> it was just not, it was not a smart choice. But anyway, I think I likened her her look to like how Bradley Cooper looks in a star is born like just very just very yes. leathery because she was just she was old there was no way she was 38 she definitely lied about her age to get the part that's i'm just convinced yeah she doesn't stick around that long because she drops dead and that's why jimmy cannot deliver this cash and he's just so stupid like he's just standing outside of her door like knocking until a man with pigtails, <laughs> yellow rubber gloves, and a bottle of Windex. And I'm not making this up. I forgot about him. He's like standing across the hall and he just is like, hey man, nobody's home. So like Jimmy is like, oh no, he's all like flustered and sweaty. <laughs> and then he decides to like go to the beach because he's like, I'm really sweaty and hot. I'm going to take a dip in the ocean. So he strips down to his undies which leads us to the most exciting part of this entire slog. Heath Ledger's bungee butt. Is that where we're going with it? Yes. <laughs> so we really need to talk about these undies. Well, because, like, you know, this would have been a highlight of the slumber party viewing. Yes. This entire scene. Because we have, you know... He's literally in his underwear as Ben so perfectly coined it. I would like to obviously give Ben credit. Ben is Rosalie's husband. Yeah. Um, he coined it the Ledger Wedger, which if you watch this movie, you will know why because Heath Ledger is wearing it and he has some kind of weird bunchy action happening. Super ill-fitting undies. I wouldn't have wanted to go to the beach and take my pants off and just reveal this because I, I, I would have been embarrassed. But I was relieved, though, to see that maybe after he did jump in the ocean that he would have stopped sweating. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to lie. I was trying to figure out what was on the undies. 
Like, oh, yeah. If it was like a little cat or something. But when I zoomed in, it was very like it was all grainy. I kind of was like, is it a dinosaur? Is it a crocodile? Like, I was just hoping it was like a little kid, like something little kiddish, because to me, they just yes. seemed like very juvenile looking undies that were yeah. ill fitting. I do think like, as you said, like everyone at the slumber party would have been in like a total giggle fit, like when the bunchies made an appearance. Also, there was like a slow-mo. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I forgot about the slow-mo. Yeah, that part was absolutely insane. Uh, Yeah, Jimmy just continues to be a moron and he buries the $10,000 in the sand while he enjoys his swim. Did you see someone go through me stuff? Sorry? Someone stole me fucking stuff! Did you see someone go through it? I didn't see anything. <laughs> Which I was just like, why did he think that was a good idea? I, I, I honestly am just like, you know what? Good. I'm glad the money got stolen. Because <laughs> you were being a dum-dum. You thought burying this money in the sand, you know, and you piling your, your clothes on top of it, would have just, you know, nobody was watching. It was not a crowded beach. No, this beach was crowded. There were lots of people around. And there were two little thieving children scoping the beach just for some idiot to just maybe drop a wallet, you know, a beeper. I don't know. This was made in 99. So not many people had cell phones. But then here we have Jimmy just casually bearing the 10 G's. So in my mind, he deserved to get his money stolen because he thought he was trying to impress a woman in those undies. The bunchies. The bunchies. The thieves, they end up taking this money and they essentially go on like this huge shopping spree, which is totally to be expected because they're teens. And this is the point where there's like literally eight stories going on. Like you have the thieves, you have the heist, you have Brian Brown, who goes by Pando. Like, what the hell is that name? I don't know. You have a mob, and then you have this love story happening with Ledger and Byrne. And honestly, like, I can say all I remember really, though, is the bunchies. Like, it's all I cared about was the bunchies. I was just hoping that maybe after he lost the money, he would have just been like, well, screw it. I'm just going to hang out on the beach for the rest of the day. And then we would have just had a beach movie. But yeah. Like a surfer movie. Yeah, I would have loved, I would have loved a surfer movie. I would have, I would have loved it more than this. Something that did kind of shock me when I was looking through the director's filmography, because I was like, how did he make this thing? Like, it just seemed like he went off the rails. But apparently this was a feature debut. Like prior to this, he made some TV shows and a short And sometimes, like, I will admit, I do feel movies can benefit, like, if a script has another pass or two before it actually goes to production. But I honestly think there is nothing that would have saved this script. Like, you brought up earlier, there was literally a scene where they were just discussing, like, laundry (laughs) and, like, how laundry is done. I, I don't know. Like, I... They should have focused on one story and not tried to fit in like so many other like tangents. Like it was just very weird. Yeah, it definitely that. I mean, the laundry scene had me shaking my head. (laughs) I just I didn't understand it. I was like, was he trying to fill up time? 
not really sure. Yeah. But of course, you know, once Jimmy loses this $10,000, he, and now he has like the mob breathing down his neck. He's like, well, what do I do? How do I get it back? Well, of course he robs a bank, which I know you really liked this scene, like out of the whole film. So this was my favorite part. I don't even like the one was like his brother-in-law and then a friend. And they decided that they were going to rob this bank to get 10 grand. But sadly they were idiots that had never stolen maybe even a pack of bubble gum before. Cause it was absolutely hysterical to watch them. Um, there was a getaway driver and then two and then Heath and somebody else. I feel like, I'm sorry. Like the, I don't remember these two guys because they literally just showed up <laughs> like, and then they were like part of the story all of a sudden. Heath gets in, goes into the bank. His friend goes into the vault to steal something. And then all of a sudden, I honestly don't know what happened. Did he hit his head? Did he pass out? He fainted or hit like hit his head and he was just laying there. And then Heath is like, oh shit, how am I going to get him out of here while also trying to hold this bag of money and my shotgun and get to the car? So he ends up running out getting the getaway driver to come in and help him all the while everybody was scared. So they're still laying on the ground and they get back in the car, but you know, it took too long. So the police show up and then they have to hop into a new car, which I think, I think you really liked this part. I mean, it was the actual only car chase part of the movie, but you really liked this part where they were driving this car. All of a sudden these radio DJs show up tailing them And they're announcing on the radio while they're listening, while Jimmy and his friends are listening to the radio about how they could win 10 grand if they have a too hot to handle bumper sticker on the vehicle. Well, lo and behold, this getaway car has the bumper sticker. And instead of them just paying attention to these DJs, Jimmy runs them off the road. Yeah, the scene is just so incredibly wild and it's just like another aspect of this movie like it's adding so many things into it like while it was happening I was just I was literally like what is happening like like, (laughs) it was so bizarre and it also I mean I guess in a way of course it was kind of funny because if they would have just been listening to the radio like boom 10 grand right like the, the exact amount that he needed However, I get it because there was cops chasing him that he really couldn't stop for the 10 G's and get it without, you know, going to jail. But it just it's just like how it was just wild. And it really was my favorite part of the movie, probably because there was a little bit of like comedy there and a little bit more excitement than we actually saw in the whole film. Right. Yeah. And, you know, again, it, it to me, the biggest problem with this is that it there's just no specific genre that it's aiming for. Like sometimes the music was like giving off a noir vibe. Then with the zombie narrator, you're like, oh, this is a horror or wait, is it a thriller, a romance, a heist flick, or maybe an action movie? Like it just doesn't know what it wants to be. And it's very long. Like it's almost two hours, which we didn't know until like we started playing it and we were like, Oh, <laughs> which makes me go back to if we were at a slumber party like this probably would have been fast forwarded at least to like see the romance part. But then we would be so unfulfilled because the romance parts were so like dry. 
Like there was like yeah. nothing, nothing cutesy or adorable about it. Like it didn't like I didn't root for these characters to be a thing. No, definitely not. Like they didn't even really have any sort of chemistry going on. Yeah, I felt like it was like a lot, a lack of chemistry. That's like the the perfect thing to the perfect way to describe it. You know, to go back to, I'm starting to like just think that if you are picking like a slumber party flick, kind of the best runtime is like 90 minutes. Oh yeah, because well, and then sometimes you want to watch like two movies, yeah, two or like at least have options. So I feel like 90 minutes is a great runtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would not be a Heath Ledger flick that I would pick for a slumber party. And being that he died so young, which is sad, there are not a ton to pick from. But I think if I had to go with one, because he is the heartthrob of the month, I did want to pick one of his movies that I like. And that's 10 Things I Hate About You. That movie, I think, is a perfect sleepover flick. And it has a bodacious soundtrack and killer fashions. Yes, that movie is like an iconic teen movie in my head. And that's like the first movie I ever saw with Heath Ledger. But I'm going to go with a different flick for my choice, which would be A Knight's Tale. So this movie was so much fun for like the content. It had a rad soundtrack and it had a really great romance story. And there was a bit of booty nudity, not by Ledger, but of Paul Bettany. And I think that it would be like a nice thing to reintroduce to people that maybe saw it once and don't remember it or want to watch it again or watch it for the first time because it really is a pretty classic film in my in my mind. Did you ever see it? Yeah, I actually believe I saw it in the theater when it came out. I think I and, did too. Yeah, and I was with my older cousin who like had a major crush on Heath. In the, the prime of his like heartthrobness too because he was in the patriot like he was just in like all these movies that were like kind of actiony and then like yeah he was like this hot hot guy that everyone was like ooh who's this with the yeah with the curls with the curls with that long curl with the long long hair with the curls very yeah. very studly but i would say i mean overall you and i both were just meh about this movie but that being said, I think it's time for the totals. So let's get out our diary. I agree. Do you have your clicky pen? I sure do. I hear it. <laughs> Dear diary, Katie Kins and I are sad to only award two hands with one star. And that was for Babeler, which in all honesty may seem like a stretch because of the whole bunchies fiasco. But frankly, those bunchies did really give us a kick even a giggle. This movie will not be making its way to our slumber party shelf, but to the return slot for someone else to rent. Maybe somebody that enjoys chaotic movie making. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sad. This is our second episode and we don't have anything on our shelf yet. I know. It is really sad that it's empty, but I have really high hopes for next, next month's heartthrob. Yeah. Thanks for coming to our slumber party, and we hope you had a blast. And in April, you should join us again. We're going to discuss Heartthrob of the Month, Brad Pitt, in the 1994 flick, The Favor. So don't forget your sleeping bag. And in the meantime, remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Dear BFF Pod. 
Instagram at bestfriendsforever.pod and email us at dearbffpod at gmail.com. And you can send us all kinds of gifts and snail mail to Attention Movie John, P.O. Box 20172, Philadelphia, PA 19145. And shout out to Movie John's Ashley Jane Davis for our radical theme music and the Hollywood hunk Hugo Marmuji for our nifty Twitter logo. Best Friends Forever is part of the MJ Podcast Network, and we thank you for listening. Please enjoy a short advert from our unofficial official sponsor, Tiger Electronics Furby. TTYL. Lila's. Uh oh, me. Me, Amanda. Me, 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 me. That's Furby. The more you play, the more they do. And say, Furby grows more amazing day by day. Furby, each sold separately, batteries not included. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. You'd be like heaven to touch. I wanna hold you so much. At long last, love has arrived. And I thank God I'm alive. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you.